Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Scurry in the Scrub. I'm Matt DeMarinas. He's Jordan Scurry. We're back again, uh, this time after Big East Media Day in New York, New York City, Madison Square Garden. Uh, the Jays were up there. Everybody in the Big East was up there. Um, all the hype, like all the awards came out. All the it's real now. Point, all the talking points are warmed up and ready to go, ready to serve for us to dissect and yeah, to pick apart and maybe agree with. We'll agree with some of them. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be mostly agreeable today. I think. Uh, I mean, there's I one have a feeling. One I have I a feeling Jordan. With, but... I have a feeling Jordan won't be. So I'll try to be. I'll try to like balance the force today. Hey, I got um, one big agreement and one big disagreement. Okay. So hey, I'll just leave it that. But yeah. Happy to be back. So yeah, we're gonna give our uh, we're gonna give our reaction to everything that came out of Media Day today, and uh, you guys have been hitting us up on Twitter all day. We'll get to your questions and comments as well. And yeah, should be a good show. So let's tee it up real quick, just to recap everything from a factual basis before we give our opinions. Uh, Big East men's preseason poll. I don't think there's many surprises here. Um, Peyton obviously came in first. I think that was kind of what everybody expected, especially with Jay Wright not being in the fold anymore for Villanova. Plus, they lost a bunch of experience. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's any big shock that Creighton is the number one pick in the preseason poll. It looks like they were close to unanimous. They got 98 points, eight first place votes. So all but three of the first place votes, they could have gotten 10 total. Uh, and Mac obviously couldn't vote for himself. So we don't know which way he went with that. Did he go with Nova or did he go with Xavier? Um, that'll be up to him to divulge if he feels like it. Um, but they were near near unanimous, number one. Xavier came in number two, and I think that caught people. It certainly caught people off guard because you're just not used to seeing Villanova below the one-two spot, right? I don't know if I was really shocked by that, but we'll get into that in a sec. Villanova was three. They got one first-place vote. They were only one point behind Xavier. Uh, UConn was third or fourth. Providence was fifth. St. John's sixth. Seton Hall seventh. Butler eighth. Marquette ninth. Georgetown tenth. DePaul eleven. So... A little bit of a surprise at the bottom. Um, that's the men's side for the preseason poll first. So let's just uh, jump into that one real quick. Um, are you surprised by anything you saw there, Mr. Scurry? Uh, not surprised, but I think that middle of the pack was interesting to me. I think it could have gone anyway between uh, Nova and Xavier. Uh, interesting that it is Xavier. I think personally, it's like obviously because of like their personnel. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's a toss up. I think those that that one that two and three that's a toss up there. And then I think like four through six is also a huge toss up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could so I could so organize so I guess two through six in, a different way. But so you think St. John's belongs in that four through six group with Providence and UConn then? You like you like St. John's this year? Oh no, I think they're no. I don't. I don't believe I should. I shouldn't have like said that. I guess the four through six. I think the maybe it was, might have been longer than six. I guess. I think I mean, that could have gone some pieces a lot differently. St. John's has some pieces this year. I mean, David Jones. They have some pieces. They have the best player, but Illinois and they got Illinois point guard. I think 
St. John's is a team I think is going to do very well in non-conference play, but once once it comes down time to conference play, I worry about them. Yeah. They're they're my. I don't they're think they're going to have like defensively scrappy team. I think that they definitely are matched. They create a lot of matchup problems for a lot of teams in the Big East, not even just Creighton. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know how sustainable I can see that style of play being in the big East specifically, because I don't know how they're going to fare when it's, you have to consistently like, you know, obviously defensively they'll be okay. I think, but when you have to consistently find someone to go to for buckets during big East play and, you know, have a system on how to like create offense, worry about them there. So they're definitely one that I was saying a little high, a little high in the rankings. Yeah. It, it, it kind of puts them in a in a precarious spot because if you figure the Big East is consistently a six or seven bid league, they're they're in that spot where you where you can't miss the tournament. You know what I mean from a preseason expectation standpoint now, and it's weird that they're in that spot without Julian Champagny, but he's not there anymore. So you figure David Jones is probably the prime candidate to get most of their buckets, right? At least on paper. You're a little curious about how the posh Alexander Andre Cabello thing is going to shake out, right? Um, and then they have some unknowns after that, you know. So, yeah, it's an, it's an odd spot for them because they can't really surprise out of the sixth spot, and they can't. I mean, much I don't think unless they win the league, and they can't. But they can fall, you know what I mean? Which would be a massive disappointment and probably. You know, maybe something that's unsurvivable from from Mike Anderson's perspective, right? Because that would be four years with no tournaments, with no NCAA tournament appearances, right? Like even Chris Mullen made one in in his three years. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's an odd spot for them, but I think it's one from a talent level standpoint they kind of belong in. I think um, below that is interesting though. Like Seton Hall might be, you know, might be a little high, depending. It, it depending on how that that core shakes out. Like if they can find their rhythm early enough to where they they understand who they are as a team because they're mixing in like a whole new system, right? Um, new coaching staff, new players. They don't really have a whole lot that's bankable in terms of guys you trust to be no two guys in the Big East on a nightly basis yet. So they could fall down to that bottom tier honestly because they're kind of like i think they kind of are in the seven line out of respect for seton hall's recent success and then yeah and Butler. i think just just with that too i think it's really going to shake out i think what i'm the most i guess reluctant to like make a declaration of who's going to be in that middle of the pack mm-hmm. is because like the way i've seen it shake out for years has been injuries and who can actually like stay healthy throughout that year in that middle of the pack. And I'm worrying about some of these teams because they're just a little, like, especially even with the Seton Halls and the St. John's of this conference, I'm worried about if they can, like, still be going if they lose one person for even just, even, let's say, like, best case scenario, like a three- to four-week period. I don't know if either of those teams I trust in the middle part of the season to still sustain some type of success if they lose something there. Those are the main ones. I 100% agree with you. And then you have Butler, who I think is interesting because they've added, they've added some, some players into some spots that make them unbutler-like. I keep harping on Manny Bates, like 
Butler has actual rim protection this year, actual elite rim protection. Um, then you have the Chuck Karras, Miles Tate, um, you know, Seamus like trio. Like that's interesting, right? They're they're kind of an interesting group. They have some, you know, length on the wing, some versatility in the guard core, and then uh, you know, they have a rim protector. So it's like Butler's kind of interesting. I mean, just if you look at the pieces they have together, and they can they be the surprise team of the Big East? So I, I thought going into the year that St. John's and Butler kind of had an opportunity to be the surprise teams in the league. But when you factor in, do you know we're recording this on video, right? Like sneaking away is going to like people are going to see that. Um, <laughs> and he's muted too. <laughs> Just blew the cover. Yeah, you. I was like, he's sl- he trying to be slick there. I don't think he realizes we're back on video. Um, anyway, Butler and uh, St. John's, I thought, could be the surprise teams in the league. But where where St. John's shakes out, I'm not sure if that's possible anymore. They kind of just have to make the tournament out of the sixth spot, I think. If the so league call- has a strong year. So what's your call then? St. John's making the tournament or no? Yeah, because before I said one of the two, right? Yeah. Last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, so now I'm kind of in a, in a weird spot. Because St. John's is in that in that spot in the preseason where they kind of have to make it. Like, you know, if you figure the Big East is, is going to be an elite league this year, it has to be, what, six, seven deep at least, doesn't it? Right. It can't be, it can't be five or less because that's not, that's not one of the top two or three conferences then, right? Mm. All right, yeah. I just like, totally, so you, I don't think, I don't think they're going to have five out of 11 and still be an elite right. league this year. I you think know? my only thing is if they finish seven, though, I don't know if I trust them with their record and with whatever they've shown, if they do drop to that seven spot, that's when it could be Rocky. Cause yeah. if Butler performs how you think they're going to perform and say well, another again, team gets hot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That makes it interesting. Yeah, for sure. Cause where's, cause you have to figure out where your cutoff is, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Butler is going to be, I think Butler is going to finish in the top seven. So I know that's not much of a hot, much of a take because it's like that's not you know I'm not basically expecting them to be on the come up at all. I think they're going to finish in the top seven though. I think, I think when you look at Seton Hall, what they have, when you look at what Marquette has, Georgetown and DePaul, I think it's hard to trust those teams right now to be anything. I think it's hard to trust those teams to crack out of the to break out of the bottom tier. Yeah. I think that's the four I trust the least. So the top, so the top seven difficult. for me goes Butler, St. John's, Providence, UConn, Nova, Xavier, Creighton, on up. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. what I feel comfortable with riding with. So right now I feel like there's only one. So right now I feel like there's only one spot out of order, and that's Seton Hall and Butler. I feel pretty comfortable that Butler is going to be a better team this year. Much better, honestly. I think I'll rock with you on that. I think I'm definitely gonna. I, I guess, where are we? Are we agreeing? This is weird. We're having our first agree of the episode. What? But yeah, I think I rock with you on that. And definitely going back after. I mean, last time we talked and going there. I think the Butler coaching staff is gonna make the difference. You know, they got my man Greg Oden in there. They actually have a ring rim protector. Uh, their staff seems to be the classic staff model staff, and he's had success with it. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I just don't think – I know it's weird to say, but I just don't think, like, for C, or St. John's, rather, to be as good as a tournament team this year, like, I don't know if 
that's going to be as easy as they think just with the talent they have. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to form that identity early enough uh, where I do believe Butler will, even in the first year of that mana and whatnot. I think that Butler will actually be able to put it together uh, quicker than them. So I'll double down with you. I'll say I that. Forgot, I forgot Butler has Eric Hunter Jr. too from Purdue. They got him. Oh, to, they, they got a trans. Like that's a that's a that's a. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's gonna that's gonna make them better. I mean, he's not like a. I don't think he's gonna be like all Big East or anything. But I mean, that's that's a veteran that's oh, won a lot sure. of games on in good programs and stuff. So I don't know. I just like their pieces. I think they fit together pretty well. And then you know we'll see what that Mata still has left in the tank. I think that's a question mark too because usually when Coaches like are burnt out. It's the flame doesn't get relit. You know what I mean? So, but to that point, when coaches are burnt down to that point, what can help them get through is their staff, right? Because who are the players spending the majority of the time with? Who are the players going to then be like doing a lot of personnel things or personnel, a lot of like situational, all that in practice? Like, one coach, like certain coaches have the defense, certain coaches have the offense, how we've done it like historically at Crane in the past. I think that might be how they're going to end up like delegating the responsibilities there. And I think that's going to benefit the players and it'll be a cool new change to kind of what traditionally Butler has been. I don't know. I still Hinkle still puts the fear God in me. <laughs> that's a, that's for sure. The other thing about Thad Mata too, is like where I have the most, where he gives me the most pause break coming back into the game. I don't think we're going to, I don't know if we'll see it as much this year because I think this year, for Butler, I think we'll see his impact in in the coaching side of it and the strategy side of it and the game planning side of it. Where I wonder about his longevity in terms of getting Butler back to that, you know, NCAA tournament every year type of program is like how he handles the recruiting and everything like that. Because that's where I think a lot of the coaches kind of get the fatigue factor is just being on the road and, you know, dealing with all the things that go with recruiting, especially nowadays. You know, it's probably harder than it was when he left the game. And it seemed like that was the thing that burned him out the most. So you might not see it this year. He might just be able to coach and get comfortable. And this group is put together, I think, well enough for him to get this get a lot get a lot of get a lot out of them and possibly make them into a tournament team. Um, which would I think I think that would do a couple things. It would one, it would raise the expectations on him and the program. So he would have to make sure he nails the recruiting side of it and sustain that. So I think there are still challenges for that program, but I think this year might be a pretty good year for them, all things considered. Um, let's go to the very bottom, because I'm curious to see how surprised you are that the 0-18, 0-19 Georgetown Hoy is, right? Because they they went one and done in the, in the Big East tournament too, didn't they? Last year? Yeah, I, don't think they won, I don't think they won any Big East games. So yeah, the 0-19 Georgetown Hoy is – are a pretty comfortable nine points ahead of DePaul. So, like, they got – uh, I mean, they were a uni- you're near unanimous number, t- number 10, and DePaul was a year near unanimous last place. Are you surprised by that? Are you surprised that Tony Stubblefield in his second year got put in the cellar with uh, with Georgetown coming off of an O and O, o- and for? Well, I actually need your help in figuring this one out because I've been going back and forth with, it, with this one all day. Is it because of the win over Creighton? Is it because I think that like, that's crazy theory here, but just bear with me. Is it because in 2020, Patrick Ewing has a win 
over Coach Mack in the garden and like that still is living on because other than that, I can't see why they would be that there would be that much in between these two teams. Given what I watched last year of both teams, I don't think it's I don't think it's that crazy. Is there a crazy recruiting class for Georgetown I missed out on? Did I did I miss that in the news? Did I I mean they have something. They have something. I mean they've always kind of recruited pretty well. Um, well, yeah, no, I think they get, but not, but but then it seemed to have underachieved with the talent they brought in, or it, it hasn't fit together at all. Everybody always ends up transferring. I was just about to say that they get so, good players. They have, yeah, they Georgetown get good players. Has good players. Yeah, but the problem do. is basketball. Good players <laughs> have to play together. Yes. to win the game. Yes, and I consistently. I don't know if I saw any of that. Actually, wait, I do know. Georgetown, I Georgetown has no. In the Ewing era, Georgetown has been that team that's good enough to beat everyone in the league, but isn't good enough to be one of the best teams in the league because they're not consistent. Right? They're 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 the team that's good enough to to go to a level that can beat everyone they play. Right. But they're just not consistent enough with their with what what they do well and what they do poorly that they can't string it together. That's how they've been because they've yeah. always they've always they've always kind of gotten up for Georgetown. You, know, you ever seen push teams? You see the movie Nova, they've beaten Creighton, they've beaten never I think they've beaten everybody they could beat. They just haven't done it consistently, you know. So you've seen any given Sunday, the movie, yeah. you know, my man yeah. Willie Beeman. Yeah. Georgetown lives Willie, Willie any given Sunday. Yeah, G- Georgetown lives any given Sunday on any biggies game. That's that's their yeah. motto. Yeah. Like I I don't know how else to explain it because I don't right. see the consistency there, but yeah. Yeah, I think I I just I think DePaul, I, I know it's hard to say this in a like say this sentence cuz <laughs> It's not. There's not much of a ceiling to it, but I think DePaul got a little disrespected. No, I, 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 I don't know how that's possible, but I think they did. I think they. I know. I think DePaul can actually play a disrespect card this year. Yeah, it, people are going to think we're crazy. So people are going to think we're crazy, but when they, I I see DePaul winning. I'm not gonna. Oh, what did I put with DePaul's line at last year? We always we always say ago. some crazy shit with DePaul though. We always say some crazy DePaul take, but I'll just say. I mean, I don't. I actually know what I don't care. I'm gonna say it now. I I got. I see DePaul winning more games in Georgetown. I got you. I got you right now. I think they should win more games. I think they're gonna be on a tear. I think they feel disrespected. I think they're sick of being in this place. On a tear. So I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah. A tear might. A tear might be one game, Matt. But hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah. right. Let DePaul have it. I'm I'm rocking with them. Yeah, I, I feel like. Uh... I'm just surprised there's a gap there. I don't, I, is that, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. think Georgetown's in a good spot right now. I like, think they both needed to be in like a co last position. Yeah. To motivate one of the two yeah. like somewhere. But I, I feel like now DePaul has that motivation. So I don't think it's possible with the 11 teams to get single digit points anymore. <laughs> but I was, I, you know, I would, I don't like if someone that turned in like a zero, like, yeah, you know, or or left Georgetown off a ballot, I wouldn't have been surprised either. Like, no, nah, I'm just not gonna. They're so last place that I'm not even gonna give them a vote. And then the Big East just like awards them no points for that ballot or whatever. Yeah, it's probably not probably not possible. The Big East probably like, oh, look, you have to put them on the ballot, please, because we can't have them have like three points. So I'm just surprised because the ball is unit almost unanimous. They're they're a near unanimous last place, and Georgetown's coming off the offer. Like I just that's a uh, DePaul smoked them last year. Like that's crazy disrespectful, you know. Like let's see, 
I think Georgetown we'll earned. I think Georgetown earned preseason last place. Like I think they just. What? I think they earned that. So you think how many times did? How many times did Georgetown and DePaul play this year? Well, just the two. once in the schedule. No, they're gonna. No, they're gonna play twice. They got the two. Yeah, oh, it's double. It's, so it's it's, it's double do round robin that, in the Big East now. How, how do you think that goes? Or still, how do you think that season series goes? DePaul, Jeez, Georgetown, head to head. I mean, DePaul lost a lot. Like they lost Javon Freeman, Liberty, David Jones. Like their studs are gone. So yeah, I know why DePaul is last. In my, I know on paper why they're last. Nah, I man. just think, I just think we do. You know, every year with the preseason poll, you always like kind of reward teams for what they've done, what they did last year. You know, you kind of do that a little bit. And I think, and I yeah, and I think Georgetown earned preseason last place because okay all right i'm with you i'm with you i don't think they earned i don't think they earned their way out of the (laughs) cellar that's not fair i think i think you went 0-19 you deserve to be in 11th place to start the year like i think you just like like if you if you went now now you just disrespect you disrespected some team who had no like DePaul didn't deserve that like they didn't deserve what they don't deserve a whole lot of respect, but they don't deserve to be below Georgetown to start the year. Right, 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 yeah, up. right. Okay, okay. That's, okay. That's, that's, I think that's rude. I think the Big East coaches were rude this year to DePaul. They were All rude right. to them. Fair. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment. Let's go back up to the top, though, because uh, I mean, I don't think I expected Providence to lose all that they lost from last year's team and still be, you know, I don't think they expect them to be above UConn. So that's not a surprise at all to me. UConn is gonna. I don't know if UConn's ever gonna be below four. They just like. I don't know why they just got, they, they, they have like that baseline of respect where they're Yukon and they're like, we're not going to put them below, you know, the, we're certainly not going to put them in the bottom mid, mid to bottom half of the league. So four is a good spot for them. I guess they have enough back to kind of respect them still, but the Xavier Villanova thing is interesting. And then Creighton not being unanimous. Number one is another interesting part of it. So I'm curious, uh, let's start with Xavier and Villanova. Let's talk about that a little bit first. I'm not surprised by that at all because I think I said on the last podcast, and I know I've said it on, you know, I did a Big East roundtable, I know, in a, another show. Like I can't remember where I've said these things. But Xavier has a ton of players back from a team that won the NIT. So I, I if I'm beating a dead horse here because I've said it before and you've heard me say it, I just think that's a recipe for success. Like I think Xavier is going to be really good this year. I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I think they upgraded their coaching staff. I really do. I think Sean Miller – for his limitations um, and for, you know, just kind of being crazy generally on the sidelines. Uh, I think he's a better coach than Travis Steele. And, yeah, just those ingredients right there, I think they deserve the second spot. I know that's like, wow, you're putting Villanova three? Like, yeah, I kind of am. They don't have – I mean, I like. I think Kyle Neptune's going to be fine, but Jay Wright's not there anymore. Colin Gillespie's not there anymore. Jermaine Samuels is gone, and – Justin Moore is coming off a torn Achilles from April. I think I got pushback today from Villanova fans when I I jumped into Fanta's mentions and said, you know, I'm not shocked that Xavier's two and Villanova's three because Nova lost all their top contributors, right? Like, who's their best guy coming back is what, Caleb Daniels? So Nova fans are like, Justin Moore's coming back for conference play. And I'm like, is anyone doing the math on Justin Moore's recovery here? Because if he comes back, conference play starts – a few days before Christmas. So that would be eight months out from a torn Achilles. What do people, I mean, help me out here, Jordan. I, I, I don't think, I know you haven't torn your Achilles before, but 
Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson took over a year to come back. You know what I mean? And even when they came back, they were still like limited at first, you know? They they were in and out of the lineup pretty pretty consistently for the first month or so after that. Now, they, those were two of the baddest dudes in the world and they took a year. Kobe came back 8 months after his cuz he's he's a psycho and then he blew like he blew a wheel. He hyperextended his knee he was out for the year. He played 6 games. So he rushed back played six games, and then he was done for the season after that. Like, Do we really think Justin Moore's coming back in eight months and making Villanova a contender? I don't. That's No. A blown Achilles? Eight months? Am I, am I, being, am I being too harsh on that? Like, is the kid going to no. come back, or am I being realistic it, here? This would have to be, like, to have the impact that I think a lot of people are talking about, where Villanova would be more of a contender than we think at that point, like, he would have to be LeBron James to come back from an injury and actually have the impact in a big E season. Like the way people are saying, like immediately, I definitely think he will have an impact eventually, but at eight months, no, I think he's also going to go through a period of like a ramping period where his minutes are probably restricted at first and then get back to playing a, in the full lineup and integrating in that way. And then even that is going to take him some time to like, find his new tendencies and his new kill spots, find where his team is flowing. And God forbid Villanova catch a stride right when he's coming back, then where is he going to fit in? You know, so I think there's a lot of moving parts to what Villanova has to go through in terms of when the Big E season starts and Justin Moore comes back. But no, I don't even see why he's coming back eight months. I'd like definitely take longer than that in my personal opinion. Uh, but hey, if he feels better to come back, like, Good for him. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't have the confidence in them. I think three is right. I mean, they're still Villanova, but I just don't see him coming back and having the immediate impact he had even just with last year's team and who he was to last year's team. I don't see him actually reaching like close to that until maybe the end of this year, hopefully for them. So I don't know. It'll be an interesting way to see how he gets reintegrated into that lineup. But I agree with you in terms of I feel like they were like I get why I I, per, I have my own feelings about Xavier and why I don't like that they're two. But hey, that's not to say that they don't have a really good team going into this year and an upgraded coaching staff. So uh yeah, I think it was fair. That two three, I thought that was very fair. Yeah. I just I agree with you because I think the people the thing that isn't being like talked about enough is with in regards to Justin Moore and Villanova, it's just because he's back doesn't mean he's back. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he has I think to, that gets mixed up so many times. There's a difference between being like ready to play and like ready to make an impact. Because you it's just different. Exactly. Getting in game shape is different than being in like game shape. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Like I don't know. You just can't come back and be you right off the jump from an injury yeah. like that. You're going to take some time. So even if he is back December 21st or whatever, which I don't think I mean I think that's a, I think that's a rushed timeline. I do. I agree. But if he's, you know, if he wants to be out there, power to him, more power to him. And if he's ready to go and he's ready to play, you know, they're not going to they're not they're going to plug him in. And yeah, I, w- I just don't think he's going to be Justin Moore, you know what I mean? First team all Big East Justin Moore. As soon as he comes back, I think that's going to take a minute too. So I think three is fair. First, and, and honestly, the thing about the Villanova that's tough is they are sandwiched 
in between our two favorite frauds, Xavier and Yukon. So we kind of have to like miss, we have to, we have to, someone's got to get, someone has to be above them, someone has to be below them. So basically, which ones is going to be on fraud alert? Yeah. Who's, who's on fraud alert more for us? And for me this year, I think it's Yukon because they have less back from last year. They lost some key pieces. Now they, they added some stuff. So they might be better, but I'm not going to put them better on paper until I see it. So, you know, they've got some young players who might, you know, make jumps. Um, but right now I have them below Xavier because Xavier has a lot of experience back from a team that ended the year pretty well and they added a better coach. So while those two are definitely like my, I mean, certainly our top two fraud alert teams just because of the things that they get a lot of preseason hype and then they don't live up to that very often. Certainly not recently. And if I'm ranking those two, I have Xavier above UConn. So Villanova has to slip in between them because Villanova deserves that respect and they have a lot of talent on this team. So I have, yeah, I think Xavier belongs at two. And I think Nova three, UConn four makes a lot of sense. And and I'm skeptical. Like I said, I've already told, I've already said why I think Nova isn't, um, like why the why betting on Justin Moore isn't you know, I just don't get it right now. Like he's that's a torn Achilles, man. That's tough to come back from. Like we know how I, tough that is. The best players in the world don't come back and be look look the same for a long time for yeah. that. So it's gonna take Justin Moore a minute. Might take that's honestly a, he might. I sh- I think you should sit out the whole year and get right for whatever. After he wants, if you, yeah. you know what I mean, like I just don't see Achilles. Him. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. Nothing I just hope he doesn't come that. back too soon and get hurt again. Yeah, dude, like, overcompensation. That would break my heart. I'm, like, I'm freaking out right yeah. now. Aren't you thinking about that overcompensation? Yeah, you come back from a torn Achilles. Yeah. in eight months, think about how hard you had to push yourself through that, right? Yeah, because in eight months you're, gonna, you're still you're like you think your else. game is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs time. He needs more time to even just like adjust his game, like see the flow. That's a weird time to come back to. Like, let your team even maybe Dude, get December twenty first. You're like, games. It, like, yeah, teams are going to be figured that's out. That's a then. very like, yeah. weird time to come back. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that one, man. Okay, so last question on the standings is are you surprised or are you surprised that Creighton wasn't unanimous number one? Am I surprised? No. I love the haters, man. What you mean? Like this is Creighton their first <laughs> time. Like, what is it? Our first time? Is it our is it our first time ever? In the Big East. Number one? In, In the, the Big, Big East. East yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. No. Because we have to show like the the same point of a DePaul. Like we've never been in this first place before. So we have to now show people why, like, we deserve to be a unanimous. I think that comes with reputation. Uh, I definitely think Max, like, a coaching ability and what Max done over his tenure we, we, deserves, we on that, right? yep. deserves a unanimous number one. What Max done definitely deserves unanimous number one. But I don't think it's just that. I think there's a lot of other moving pieces that the people don't see and, like, realize as much as we do being as close to the program that would, I guess, deter them from ranking Creighton unanimous number one but no i'm not i'm not surprised by it i guess i think i actually expected it and i don't hate it because it's a little bit more pressure a unanimous number one so don't really hate it understand it okay so let's uh let's should we recklessly speculate on who the two uh who voted for 
let's just let's let's I think I think Mac voted for Villanova. Do you I think agree. so? Yeah. Okay. So let's just assume incorrectly because we're 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 likely going to be wrong. Let's just assume that Mac gave Villanova a tip of the cap, right? And it said, "Look, you guys are the you know flagship program in the yeah. Big East. I'm going to throw. Like, I'm going to throw, throw my. No, I can't the vote Mac. For myself, no, no, no. no. The yeah. Mac. The Mac was. Let me pay homage. You know, Jay yeah. Wright. What he did. Because yeah. Mac's about that legacy. Mac's about that impact. You know, so you okay. pay homage to my man Jay Wright. Yeah. So if Mac's listening, he can tell us how wrong we were that he actually voted for Xavier when we talked to him in a couple weeks before the season starts. Probably. But for now, we're just going to say he voted for Villanova <laughs> out of respect. Right. So that means we got to fit. Let's, let's rec- recklessly speculate on the two coaches that voted for Xavier and not Creighton. Then who do you think, oh. the two, who do you think that you said you want, you said you liked the haters. Who are the two haters? I love them. Ah, okay. Cause it can't, oh, this is great on the spot. Ooh, oh, Definitely UConn because they haven't seen enough Creighton yeah, in so, their life. Definitely. I think Hurley's an easy pick yeah, for sure. That I'm was with an you easy there. pick. Yeah. That was easy. Who's Ooh, the other hater? Second, though? who is the other hater? There's not really a there's not really an animosity with the rest of them. You know, there's just it, it would just be it would be a new deal. Do you think Cooley voted against his boy? No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think Cooley so would do that. I think I Cooley think so. would. Yeah. Cooley Especially because Cooley just remembers what just happened, you know what I mean? Like in New York. So I don't think I don't think I don't think he would be I don't think he would be doing that. I think he knows that Creighton's the de- real deal. So mm. I think I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna go with my man Sean Miller, but why is because he's in where actually well Sean Miller actually, can't vote can... for himself. Uh uh-uh. uh he can't vote for himself. Oh so see, I said this at the beginning. Yeah. <sighs> Dang it. I knew that. Dang it. Because I was thinking of all the ways. So it's either so it's either, it's either it's either Shaka Smart, Thad Mata, Patrick Ewing, Tony Stubblefield, Shaheen Holloway, or Mike Anderson. Or Kyle Neptune. Does Kyle, Kyle Neptune voted for Xavier instead of Creighton, maybe? Mm. See, none of this is really that exciting because like who would be who who do you want to like who do you yeah, want to see? Get fired I can't even to, think. To I, I I think I went through that whole list in my head, and I can't even I think of one. That's why I landed back on my man Sean Miller. Um, of all those, what about like? I mean, Marquette was kind of rolling, and then um, every time they kind of got on a heater, Creighton kind of ended it. No, Shaka feeling Sh- some type of way. I don't, I don't think Shock is that dumb. I if think Diatawa, if Diatawa was on this podcast, he would say Shaka because he's 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 a Shaka hater. He's a Shaka. I can see why, but hey, I don't think Shaka's a hater in like I don't think I don't think Shaka's a hater at this point. I think Shaka definitely gets mad at like how games ended. He may he might have took some of that out on Crayon, but I think it actually. All right, let me throw let me throw a twist. What if it's uh, Mike Anderson at St. John's because he's like, all right, if Creighton doesn't perform as well, that gives me a better chance of making the tournament this year. Oh, oh, oh yep, there we go. That's my answer. Well, uh, that's uh, I, can, I see the logic there. I'm trying to think, there's nothing that's really that crazy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta pick one. Well, I honestly feel like Sean Miller is the best one, but he can't it can't be him. You know That's what, what I'm mean? saying? Like it, yeah, it can't be him. Unless, unless, unless oh, here we go. Here we go. 
unless Mac unless Mac voted for um Xavier instead of Nova, then we can put then Sean Miller can be the vote for Nova and Dan Hurley can be the vote for Xavier. So like both of those guys can be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're probably right. So if you want to do it that way, I don't want to believe that though. I don't. Want I know. I don't want to either. Nah, it's not as fun. That's not as fun. I don't Next want to either. Next topic. But, but, that's not as. But fun. that at least gives you that at least gives you the two guys you want to be the haters to be the haters because then the math would work. They out. are. I don't need you to tell me the two guys I think are the haters are the haters. Okay. I know they're haters, so it's all right. I, I just that's the way the math works out anyway. So, wow. Um. Okay, so let's get to the. Uh, the preseason all league teams for the men before we do the oh women. god let's let's here we go <laughs> I mean, all right i'm gonna work my way up <laughs> just to tee you up uh so honorable mention uh cam whitmore the freshman from villanova he's also the freshman of the year preseason freshman of the year that's not really a surprise either so he's uh honorable mention along with chuck harris from butler and baylor shireman um from creighton uh second team all big east is Arthur Kaluma and Ryan Nemhard from Creighton, the two sophomores, Kadari Richmond from Seton Hall, Caleb Daniels, who I don't know how many has eligibility left, but he does. Uh, Eric Dixon, <laughs> both those guys from Villanova, and then Justin Moore. So the second team is basically two Creighton guys, three Nova guys, and then Kadari Richmond from Seton Hall. Uh, first team, all Big East, Jack Nungy and Colby Jones from Xavier. I don't really, I mean, the Colby Jones thing is a little weird because he's kind of like, I keep hearing that he's supposed to be a dude, and then he doesn't. I, it's not. It hasn't come yet, you know. So that one kind of threw me. I can't lie yeah. to you. Posh Alexander is a first teamer now. Uh, Jared Bynum from Providence is a first teamer. Ryan Kalkbrenner feels like a no brainer, and then the preseason player of the year is Adama Sinogo from UConn. So they finally crowned their big man that they've been hyping up for two years. <laughs> And uh, I feel like Jordan Scurry has some takes on that. Yeah. <laughs> we both do, honestly. Like, I'm not just singling you out. But I feel like you're, yeah. the one who's, you're, you're really heated about that one, though. So I'll let you go first. I just, I don't understand what it is that everyone is seeing. Is it maybe because, I guess, all right, here's, I've tried to, I've wrestled back and forth with this all day. And maybe, just maybe, I'm trying to play devil's advocate like for why this was even a pick. Maybe they think because most valuable player, right? When we used to talk most valuable player, what was most valuable player? Like the player, if removed off their team, would have the most impact. At least that's the way I used to look at like most valuable player, right? So if you take said player off this team, they're just that much worse. Maybe that's how this was picked. Maybe. Because that's the only rationale I could think. But, but if we play the comparison game, if we're going to like, but this is my problem. If we're going to look at Adama Sinogo and anoint him Biggie's preseason player of the year, you got to go look at everybody in his position. You have to. And he's not even the best one in his position. So this is why it bothers me. Because you can, like, I get by, like, Subtra- I mean, I do, but I don't. This is why I'm going back and forth because even 
and the player I'm talking about that's better than him, if you need, if anyone needs me to say it, is Ryan Kalkbrenner. But even I think, like, if you take Ryan Kalkbrenner's impact on Creighton every game out of there, it's still more. Just like full impact, it's still more. So I really need you to help me grasp this one. I really, because it's not even, like, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I, did they create that much buzz? Did they like do a MAGA campaign and like get everybody? Like, did they do the whole like Jedi mind campaign? trick? Yeah, did they do the whole <laughs> Jedi mind trick and just trick people into like believing that he was supposed to be pl- player of the year now? Like, I'm just a little confused because if you look up Ryan Kalkbrenner's That's impact versus Adama Sonogo's impact last year. Ryan Kalkbrenner's is better. Just overall impact. I'm not even going to go into the stats. I don't want to play the whole points per game thing. Like we don't even have to do that. Why? I can. He wins still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we don't even have I, to do that because he wins that. So I don't. Why, so, why even so waste my last year. That? So last year. So last year, Sonogo was 14.8 points, 8.8 boards, 1.9 blocks, 2.3 turnovers, and he shot. He shot 50% from the field. Like, seriously, he's a big man. Like, that's not impressive. Not at 50% all. from the field is a big, a back-to-the-basket big. And then he was 69% from the free throw line, roughly. You know? But Kalkbender was a little under him in points per game, 13.1 points. A little under him in rebound, 7.7. But he had almost, you know, his turnovers are almost in half, 1.4. His blocks are higher at 2.6. And he shot 74% from the free throw line as a seven-footer. And he was uh, 65% from the field. So he shot like 15% better from the field, 5% better from the free throw line. Points and rebounds are in the same ballpark. Turnovers are – Ryan Kalkbender turns the ball over less and uh, blocks more shots. And obviously he was the defensive player of the year in the Big East. Like, I don't understand at all why it's even a debate. You know what I mean? It feels like a clear one-two and Kalkbrenner deserves the one spot. I'm gonna, so I'm I, don't gonna know, I don't I don't know I don't know what it is that allows that 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 gets this conversation even started. You know I'm what I mean? I'm just gonna start I'm gonna I start like explanation. I feel like Kalkbrenner's the dude who needs to be chased right now. Like and it's 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 just weird. I feel like he should be defending the title. You know what I mean? I feel like his yeah. year last year was clearly more impactful. And I just don't know which coaches did not see that. That's what I'm confused about. Yeah, I know. Like, we, like at what point in the year were you not like, oh, this is probably the best pro prospect and player with the most impact on his team this year will be mm-hmm. preseason player of the year next year. I He's don't know, a- but I'm crazy. I just played Big East basketball, but hey, I'm crazy. I don't know. It's it's weird too because uh, I don't. There's no like unanimous designation on any of these teams, so I don't know if they left that part out or if there just wasn't any. That's the weird part too. I can't figure out if there literally was no unanimous players on these ballots and they were kind of all just all over the place. And Sonogo just barely edged him because of name value, um, and the UConn brand. But that's the coaches voting. They shouldn't be, you know. Worrying about that. The one thing that I think maybe edged Sonogo out is like there's a lot of new coaches in the league. So 
How many new coaches were voting that didn't play? That didn't coach. Hasn't haven't coached against either guy yet. You have Sean Miller at Xavier, Tad Mata at Butler. Um, that's not uh, enough for uh, me Shaheen, though. That's that's Shaheen not Holloway enough for me Seton though. Hall. I'm sorry. That's awful. That's even worse. These coaches not you're not watching film of the last year. You don't want to see what you need to come in and correct. Like, did they not see that? I'm so confused because. Yeah. Like that's your job as a coach, so I'm just confused that where along the lines that's not a good enough excuse for me. Oh, they didn't watch enough of him. What? What? It's literally the what you're getting paid now, a lot of money to do. That you need to go watch all the problems that your team, current team, had with Ryan Kalkbrenner last year, and all the problems they didn't have with Adama Sinogo shooting fifty percent. What are we even talking about? Like, I just really don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. I couldn't even get the sentence. Um, like he shot fifty percent as a bit. He's a seven six uh, foot nine. I mean, he's not really a seven footer. So still big man. Like fifty percent. Not even. He's not like he's shooting Angel jumpers. Delgado. Like where we're talking about. Uh, I, like what is the best thing he does in his game? Like what do you? And I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be on hater time. But what is? Because I can clearly tell you what Ryan Kalkbrenner is the best at. What is? Yeah, I guess the I mean, are the best at. I mean, he's a he's a physical force, like that's for sure. So, like, Ooh. the closer you get him to the basket is a problem. But yeah, I would agree with you. He's like rebounding is probably the first thing on my mind when I think of him. Like, keep him off the glass. Who? Okay, right. And this is another thing that factors into it, right? When we talk about Ryan Kalkbrenner, we're always talking about the point guard of the Creighton offense because, like, to the same token, Ryan Kalkbrenner is one who, obviously, the closer the basket he is, the better he is, right? Who do you who do you count on to deliver your big to basketball as close to the basket as possible? Your point guard. Who am I supposed to believe on this UConn roster? Who is, like, yeah, my goal this year is to try I mean, to get as many assists as I can to my man Snogo. Who am I supposed to believe is like, yeah, let me let me throw him lobs in this offense. Who? I mean, I know who it's supposed to be according to them. Right. I don't. I right. just don't believe it yet because it's not. It hasn't been there. Like R.J. Cole's gone. James Booknight's gone. Tyler Polly and uh, shoot, what's the guy's name that DJ bodied up all the time? Why can't I think of it? Tyrese Martin, he's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. So we're left with more questions. This I'm. Great. I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised, and I wasn't. Like, I know Sonogo's getting a lot of love. I just didn't know. I just didn't think it was the the coaches fueling it because that, that's that's kind of it, it. It makes it something's weird to me because I don't know where the hype is coming from. Because I don't get why the media hypes the guy because he's pretty inconsistent, you know? And, I mean, certainly not up to the level that Kalkbrenner is consistent, I guess, to be fair. Because he's a stud for sure. I think I think he should be first team all Big East. Like, he's that type of impact player. Um, I just don't know why he why Kalkbrenner doesn't get the same um, level of acclaim that he does. And maybe it's the coaches feeding the media members that narrative, and it just kind of runs away with that. And for some reason, they just look at Adama Sonogo on film and go, Jesus, that's a nightmare. And maybe they don't feel that way about Kalkbenner. But to me, I think, Kalkbenner's, I think that I, I, you, when you watch their strengths and you break them down, and then you watch them head to head, I just don't, Kalkbenner's better, period. There's not, period. I don't, it's, 
I'm not saying that Sonoho can't um, surpass him or can't have a better year than him. I just don't, we haven't seen it yet. So if I'm betting on, you know, who's the horse to back in terms of giving that preseason nod to, Hawkbender's earned it. It's earned already. He's already done the work. He's already a better player. So until further notice, Hawkbender should be preseason player of the year, not Adama Sonogo. And there you have it. And there you have it. So that's the that's all the ranting I have for the men's side. I guess uh, we'll get to this in the in. I know people, a lot of people asked about this, so we'll get to this in the questions. Let's move uh, to the women's side real quick. Break that down. Um, if I can pull it up here. So yeah, no surprise at the top, even without Paige Beckers this year. UConn is the unanimous. Uh, number one in the preseason poll. Um, Creighton is two. Villanova is three. DePaul and Seton Hall are tied for fourth. Marquette's sixth. St. John's is seventh. Providence eighth. Butler and Georgetown are tied for ninth. And then Xavier is coming in last. Um, so the thing, nothing. Uh, I guess the last three teams, last four teams, aren't a shocker because that's 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 kind of like what the where where they've been in the league. I think the thing that maybe is a little bit surprising is that Butler was atrocious last year, almost Georgetown on the men's side level bad, but they're not in last place. So I think there's they hired a new coach, Austin Parkinson from IUPUI. He took them to the NCAA tournament last year with Macy Williams, so he's their new coach. So. I think they're getting a little bit of a bump from that. Um, and then Xavier with Mel Moore, I think in year four, they have not really done anything, and they lost their best players to transfer. So Xavier got kicked to the cellar. And I think it's fair. I mean, when you look on paper, and then you look at the coaching resumes of both teams, Butler probably deserves to be above above Xavier. And then Georgetown and Providence also belong in that bottom group as well. St. John's in seventh, that's kind of where they were last year. So it's hard to jump them into the top six because the top six have kind of earned uh, earned their places in the top half of the league. Because, you know, when you think about the top six, that's your that's your buys in the Big East tournament, right? Like, you know, so seven through 11 is who plays those opening night games. So the top six have earned that. I think I'm a little bit surprised to a degree – that Seton Hall and DePaul are tied. I'm not surprised Marquette's six because they lost, you know, Lauren Van Clunen and, uh, oh, God, what's her first name? McLaughlin. I want to say, yeah, I'm not even going to say her first name, so I don't know it. But she's their sharpshooter, so they really only have, like, Jordan King back, who you know is good. Um, so six, six works out fine for Marquette, I think. They have something to prove. Still, um, but Seton Hall lost, you know, Andre Espinosa Hunter, you know, was a, I mean, he was one of their top scorers and they lost Maya Jackson, who was one of their top three point shooters. They still have Lauren Park Lane, who's one of the best point guards in the country and Sydney Cooks, who's a really good big. And then they came out, they went, they were, they were good in the NIT last year and in the second half of the year after they got out of the COVID pauses. Um, so maybe they're like, maybe that used that as a launching pad. You know, they beat Creighton in the Big East tournament. They were the last team to beat Creighton before South Carolina last year. And, you know, they didn't they didn't lose. They lost to Villanova, who was really good, and they lost to South Dakota State on the road in the NIT finals. 
And they didn't just, I mean, they got housed by South Dakota State. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I'm a little surprised that DePaul, they bring back Anissa Morrow, who was the National Freshman of the Year. So I felt like, I don't know, DePaul was the fourth best team in the league. To me, I'm surprised that Seton Hall, with what they lost, is tied with them. So that's a little bit of a surprise. And then <laughs> I'm not surprised Villanova's three and Creighton is two. Um, Creighton went further in the NCAA tournament last year. They bring back a large core of that. And then Villanova lost Leora Garzon, who was, I think, um, co-most improved player with Lauren Jensen last year. So they bring back Maddie Segrist, who was the player of the year, and she's the preseason player of the year again. Um, but I think they, I think they're three and Creighton's two. The thing that's surprising a little bit is uh, obviously UConn got the 10 first place votes from the other coaches, but Villanova got the other one. <laughs> so Gino gave his I can't vote for myself vote to the Villanova team. That in fairness, they did beat. UConn last year, um, a very shorthanded UConn team. I'll say that they did beat that UConn team last year. So maybe that's where the logic comes from, from Gino. He's just kind of throwing like, Hey, you guys beat us last year. Way to go. You know, even though we housed you in the finals, when we, when we rematched, I'll give you guys that respect. Um, other than that, there's really no argument. I don't think for putting Villanova, giving Villanova the first place vote that he can't give himself. So, it's not a huge disrespect card that Creighton can play, but it's 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 a disrespect card. Like they didn't get the other first place vote. Uh, I definitely think it's a disrespect card, and Gino's a smart guy, so I would have expected him to look more at kind of what happened and you know the NCAA tournament big thing we all play for there at the end of the season. But hey, guess not. But yeah, no, we can we we can throw some like passive aggressive energy in there, Gino. Creighton girls are all there for it, so we're good. And we know they're about it. So we know they're about it. So <laughs> yeah, no, all good. Add more fuel to that fire. Why don't you? We don't need sure. it. As if they needed more. As if they needed more. The thing about UConn though is they don't really sweat anybody. So I don't think he cares. Um, I'm not even sure he thought this was gonna be much of a talking point, and I didn't really hear it at all today. So maybe it's not. Because I, I just thought, oh, <laughs> when you're doing the match, you're like, oh, Creighton was a complete like Creighton got um you know, Creighton got nine second place votes and one third place vote, and the one third place vote was clearly Gino because just that's the way the math works out. So it I just found it a little interesting because the rest of the league was like, Oh yeah, Creighton's clearly two because they have X, Y, and Z back from Elite Eight. Um but Gino's like, nope. Nova. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if he's like, if he's trying to start something or if he's trying to piss, piss Creighton off or like take a shot or something like that. Cause he's not, uh, he's not known to not do that. Right. Like, oh, no, usually he's, he's usually very brave. He's pretty, yeah. yeah. Usually I would yeah. guess Gino's, you know, very like well informed guy. Like, yeah. kind of, and he's very, in, he's very in. intentional. Yeah. yeah. Very intentional with what he's doing. But if, hey, if he's, if we're going to talk, he's intentional, then this was clearly for some reason yeah. that you like and he, I both don't understand, but we do at the same time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He just wants, he wants that smoke, I guess. He wants Creighton to come in with that, like something to prove. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah, too. So, so that's great, actually. Yeah. That's that's great. Like, that absolutely. works out for us. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so the way the women do it, they just have one giant 
all-conference team. They don't do second teams. They do do honorable mention. We'll get to that in a second because that's where my I have a bone yeah, to pick. Yeah, I also um, have one. So Maddie Segrist was the preseason player of the year. No shock there. She's the reigning player of the year in the conference last year. So with Paige Becker's hurt and out for the season, it makes sense that Maddie would be the preseason pick. Honestly, I think Maddie would have earned preseason pick anyway, even if Paige were healthy, but that probably would have been a long shot. Um, The freshman of the year is Ayanna Patterson. Freak athlete, like just the next. She's probably going to be dunking a few times, so don't be surprised. There we um, go. Yeah. Uh, she's the freshman of the year from UConn. Then all Big East goes Caroline Ducharme, Aaliyah Edwards, AZ Fudd, all from UConn. Uh, AZ Fudd was unanimous. And then from Creighton, you have Lauren Jensen and Emma Ronsick. Ronsick was uh, unanimous. You have Anissa Morrow from DePaul, the reigning national freshman of the year. She was a unanimous pick. Uh, Jordan King from Marquette. Janae Crooms from Providence. Deja Bailey from St. John's, a little bit of a surprise there. Um, Sydney Cooks from Seton Hall, and then Lauren Park Lane from Seton Hall as well, and she was a unanimous pick. And then the honorable mention was uh, Dorka Uhas from UConn and Morgan Molly from Creighton. Um, so Morgan Molly is the reigning sixth woman of the year in the Big East, and... I know you probably. I know it's probably like a tough sell to say Creighton's got three all three first teamers, right? Right. But I just think there's a few players on that first team list that Morgan Molly is better than, and will prove she's better than. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she's so productive this year that she finds herself in the Player of the Year conversation. If Creighton is as good as we think they're going to be, as well. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Big East is sleeping on Morgan Molly right now. I completely agree. By putting her honorable mention, I think that's like, I think they might have made a mistake there. I completely agree, especially if you're only going to have the all-team situation the way that they do. Yeah, just one I team. think, yeah. yeah, I think it's hard. Uh, it was hard for them probably because with UConn and Creighton probably both like the way I went back looking at it I think they both could probably have three players or so on there but I think the way that Creighton finished out the season last year uh I'd build more of a case for Morgan but like hey hey like let's just let's I'm, just I'm, be, I'm, I'm yeah I'm just I'm just gonna be a hundred percent like she's better than How about this? She's for sure better. I don't want. I don't want to disrespect any UConn players because, like, they're good. Okay, so we'll give yeah. them their. We'll give them their. We'll give them their flowers. Even though I think she might be better than a couple of the ones that are on the list. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. There we go. That's all we had to say. Because <laughs> okay. as long as we all agree right. on that, but, that's but Jordan King, Janae Crooms, Kadasia Bailey, and Sydney Cooks are not better than Morgan Molly. No. Right. They're not. Right. They're not. Okay, but they're all first teamers. I'm glad we not, we didn't talk about this one either. So we agree on yeah. this. I'm glad. I'm glad. So I mean, and I and I honestly like when I think of Bailey, Crooms, and King, like even if you want to say Cooks put up numbers last year, which she did, and she was a first right. teamer last year, so yeah. respect. You know what I mean? So even if you want to like say, okay, let's give her her flowers from last year, fine. So keep Cooks on the list. That's that's I'm cool with that. I'm mm-hmm. cool with Seton Hall because Cooks and Park Lane were. We're, we're all Big East last year. So fine. I'll translate that over. 
Right. But Bailey, Crooms, and King, those three were not better than Morgan Molly last year. You know what I mean? Especially when you right. watch what Morgan did in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And then you factor in that that was basically her first full year because all she had was the COVID freshman year. And then, you know, last year was basically half of a freshman season. And then she was a sophomore after that in terms of games played and reps had in games. So Morgan Molly is essentially. Yeah, I just don't. They're not better than her. No way. I'm just I'm ready for the silent killer, man. She's I'm ready for the silent serious, killer. Seriously. The dude. quiet I mean, killer. Excuse me. I misspoke. Quiet I'm ready killer. For the quiet yeah, killer. Yeah. Like she's the Big East is going to feel her for this one, I think. Oh, they definitely going to feel her. I think so, she's got, she's going to have that first team. Like, I don't know Morgan, so I'm not saying anything crazy here. But, yeah, but you know I have her. a feeling you she's know the players type, like, you but know I players, know players yeah. like her. Mm-hmm. And I have a good like feeling. You don't know her, but you she know her. You just know printed yeah. out y'all stupid little list of your first team, whatever you want to call it, all team. And I have a feeling she's got that shit on her wall in her dorm or apartment, wherever yeah. she may live. And she's really not happy with it. So she y'all go feel her. Y'all go you know, you know, yeah, you're gonna feel her. I, you know what? I'm glad I have I have not recorded my preseason podcast with her yet. And I'm kind of glad because oh, uh, I'm glad. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that um, one. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned yeah. in. So, um, yeah, I just don't. I think I don't know, man. I just think that's disrespectful. Cause, I because because and and so the other cool. thing that people don't know about her yet this year is like, there you know she's got handles now, so. You know she's got like in gym range already, like that lefty number. She's like lefty Steph with that number thirty jersey, like yeah. But she's got some handles now. You know what I mean? Like she's gonna be, she's gonna be saucing people up and like banging threes in their eyes. Like there were a couple times I've already seen a couple times in practice, like where they're going up against the guy squad and she's like, you know, retreat dribble through the leg, step back, cash. Like that's nasty stuff. You know what I mean? She that's. People don't know that that's coming. I think they yeah. just assume that she's a catch and shoot, you know, a catch and shoot spot up kid. And like, if she gets on a heater, she can fill it up. But you know, I'm excited for everybody. I'm excited for everyone to be surprised at what we're saying here, as if it wasn't yeah. just destined to happen. But right. So what do, we, what do we know? Right? What do we know? <laughs> that's what I'm. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel that like was the lot. one thing that everything else looked normal to me until I saw that. You know. And so I go, ooh, yeah. Ooh, you got you got Morgan honorable mention. Okay, let me check out this list real quick. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah, Ducharme, fine. You know, she's you know, she had a good year last year. Aaliyah Edwards, okay, cool, veteran, you know, played in some big games. It's a key piece for UConn. AZ Fudd, yep. She's got that, like, you know, that Steph Curry um, you know, popularity. She's a she's a she's a sniper, um, and a sophomore. So you figure if she's healthy, cool. Lauren Jensen and Moronsic, yeah, for sure. They were studs last year. They were all all Big East last year. They deserve it. Anissa Morrow, sure. National Freshman of the Year, cool. Lauren Park Lane, again, one of the best point cards in the country, cool. All right. Uh, Jordan King, what? Janae Crooms, huh? <laughs> Deja Bailey, what? Cindy Cooks, what? And that's uh, what you got for it. Then, then you're like, oh, yeah, honorable mention Morgan Molly, but those four get a slot? Like, uh, that's not really earned there. So... I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but yeah, that was my qualm from from the women's side. Was like, ooh, 
I don't know if you guys know what you just uh, unleashed there, but I guarantee she uh, she's paying attention. Um, what do we want to come back to? I got lost track. Oh, should we go to questions now? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I saw so some we, of those. We did the men's side, the women's side. Yep. Let's see what people got. Okay. Let's uh, let's lead off with let's let's lead off with a legend, Doctor Carroll, your former professor, former journalism prof. Yeah. Oh. Legend um, indeed. Legend <laughs> indeed. Uh, Doctor. Shout Carroll, out Doctor Zugner. Yeah. Doctor Zugner. Doctor. Put some respect on her name, Doctor Zugner. Oh, I did. I put the doctor in there. I'm not even. Not All even right. Thinking cool. About it. Uh, wondering why Kaluma is second team. What do you think, Jordan? Should he have been first team? So who are you replacing? Remember, you can't do this without replacing someone. I I wondered the same thing, Doctor Zuger. I did. All right, so here's uh, so here's the here's why. the first team. So it's the first team is Kalkbenner, Bynum, Tosh, Colby, Nunji. Dude, yeah, I mean, I can think of you already. Colby. Yeah. I already got you, Colby. I mean, yeah. like to be honest, take Colby's spot. It's also weird. Who else on that besides Cal? Who else on that um, first list is uh, on the projected? I mean, shoot, I think I think Kaluma's better than Sonogo. Yeah, no. I'm so just, who else I'm on that? One hundred percent Is Sonogo is Sonogo on the draft board? First round draft board? I know it's way too early. Season oh, draft board. I doubt it. Do you think he would? Be? Yeah. Nope, but the only players I saw on it, I don't know the last time <laughs> you checked was, but yeah. me personally, last time I checked the NBA first round mock draft, mm-hmm. um, I saw Calc Brenner and uh, Arthur Kaluma, but hey, yeah. I guess Kobe Jones. I guess uh, Posh probably, I mean, deserves some love, so we'll keep Posh on there. Calc Brenner definitely deserves to be on there. Yeah, see, I don't even want. We'll get Jared, into this on Jared, later. We're, Jared, we're gonna get into this on. Big I, East? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do this right now. Uh, is Jared Bynum first team All Big East to you? Oh, I do, I don't think Posh or him are. I mean, if we're really gonna oh. get into it. Oh, I, like, you don't, I, 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 I don't want to get into it now. I don't want to get into it now. No, I don't think Posh is either. I think defensively, like if you did an all defensive first team, like that'd be cool. But offensively, really, I forgot why. Yeah, I'm gonna let me look up what. I feel like Jaron Biden was all right, but I don't know about first team all big east. Let's see what I missed here. So from the start of big east play on last year. Yeah, 43%. I mean, you have 43% three-point shooter, average 14 points for assists. All right, that's yeah. That's probably first team all league. Fair enough. Tat tip to Jaron Bynum. You put up numbers. On a good team, respect. All right, so pa, so Jared Bynum, sure. Cock, Ryan Cockbender, definitely. Jack Nungy, I think, deserves it. But yeah, honestly, I'd have Kaluma ranked ahead of Sonogo, Jones, and Posh. Same. And I would, Bynum. I would definitely have. Yeah. In my head, I would. I'd give Bynum some love. Bynum put up some good numbers last year. He was a good perform. He performed well in Biggie's play. No, he's their best player for sure. But yeah, I'll give him some love. 
Plus, Kaluma wasn't, you know, like from an efficiency standpoint, Kaluma wasn't there last year. You know what I mean? He was pretty inefficient. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he came on strong. Like he was good in the. That's the part. He was I good. He was good. Say, he was so. good in the game against UConn at home. He was good in that. He was good against Providence in the Big East tournament. Yeah, he almost had a double double against Nova in the Big East title game. He was good against Kansas. He was great against Kansas. Honestly, it was the best game of the year. So yeah, I don't know. I'd put him above. I'd put him above Colby Jones for sure, one hundred percent. Like no, no argument there at all. I would definitely put him above Colby. So I yeah, I, how I don't know how that happened, but so yeah, wow. to to uh to that question, yeah, a little bit of surprise that Gloom was second team, a little bit. Um. Oh yeah, how do you feel about the le- eleven player first team with the all Big East on the women's side. That was another one we got. Uh, you care about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've thought too much into it. I, I don't think what I think matters. I think I'd, I'd be interested to hear what the players actually think and if they like it. How, what do you know from like talking to them? How do they feel about it? I have literally never asked anybody about that ever, so I don't know. Well, media, just give media, me the question. Media. Media complains about it a lot, though. I know that, especially national media guys, for some reason. So, so I don't know. I don't really have that much of a beef with it. Like I said, yeah. my beef with that list is more of who's not on it than who, yeah, than, than how many I, players are. You know, I agree. I actually think it so. should be. I think if if I can give my two cents, I think it should just be expanded. I don't think there's any. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have to. I that's. I can't actually can't even say that. I don't. My opinion means nothing on this. I mean, honestly, I like if you tell me, if you're, if, by it. yeah, if you just ask me, like who the who, who I think all Big East should be in on the women's side, I could probably, if I'm crossing off names, I definitely think AZ belongs. I definitely think Lauren Jensen and Emma Ronsick belong. Anissa Morrow for sure. So that's five, four. That's four players. Aaliyah Edwards belongs. That's five. Lauren Park Lane belongs. That's six. Maddie Segris has the player of the year. That's seven. And then, yeah, I guess Caroline Ducharme. I don't know. I, I feel like, again, she's going to be good, and she was good at times last year. I think she was inconsistent, but if you're just projecting out what a freshman is going to turn into based on how she performed at certain points last year, that's fair. So eight. And then, honestly, like after that, if you're making me pick out of the rest of the league, I kind of just have Morgan. So I only have nine players that belong on it in first in first place. So that's what the that's what to go back to what we just talked about mm. two topics ago. Not only am I surprised that Morgan's not on it, I'm surprised that the list is as long as it is and Morgan's yeah. not on it still. You know what I mean? Because I would have cut it off shorter and had Morgan on it. Yeah, so that's the, that's the surprise to me. I was like, there's players above her. So it's, I think I think the list is too big because not just because of a, a certain number, but because there's players on the list who I don't think are first team all or that are all Big East caliber players. I'll agree you with know you. What I mean? That's just my opinion. And I've named them already. So yeah. Um, next question. I know the season hasn't even started yet, but Obviously, to keep the train ro- rolling beyond this year, this is what I love about Creighton fans. Timeout, real quick, is we're like on the cusp of not only just on the men's side, we're on the cusp of like two of the most hyped seasons in Creighton basketball history, both on the men's and women's side. And then we're already getting questions about like sustainability in the future. Like, 
hold up, let them. I thought we were supposed to enjoy the ride, right? They have any, they're supposed to be good this year. Like, let's let them do that first. That's what I love about Creighton fans, though, is they're always like an eye to the future, real quick. So, anyway, that's just that's what made that's what that question made me think of before I read the rest. They're of optimists it, but... like me. It's terrific. Mm, well, that's, that's why we got along so well. <laughs> they're, yeah, that's not, not at all what they are. Um, to keep the train rolling beyond this year, CU will need to recruit well. I haven't seen much recently, but wonder if you think Mac will be able to keep the, keep stocking the shelves. Um, when we get win, wins, we get wins and recruits, right? I don't know. Is there a reason to doubt uh, Mac's ability to acquire talent at this point? You tell me how the past eight years of your life, man. You tell um, me how how have they been? Like it's well, roller coaster. Like, I get it. Like you could throw that word out there, but how have they been sure. in terms of recruits? In terms yeah, of recruits. in terms of talent, in terms of talent influx, it's been an ascent. There Enough has not said. been a roller. I'm still waiting Enough for the roller coaster said. to come. I'm still waiting for the ride to come down. So yeah. Enough said. The fact <laughs> that we can get the Baylor Shilermans of this like transfer portal, the fact that I think we can keep the core that we have now. Tells you all you need to know going forward. Yeah, dude. I I remember watching Creighton teams growing up where like you'd be the starting two guard. You were good. You were that good. Like, you know yeah, I mean? no shit. Why'd you think I wanted to go there? That's what I. <laughs> what <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, if you're talking about like what have I seen the last few years? Well, Jordan Scurry was a walk on, and I remember watching teams where he would be like all NBC. So yeah, yeah. I know. I just, I was born too late. I should have been Missouri Valley yeah, walk on. I would have been that dude. But hey. <laughs> Probably would have got a scholarly before I got there at that point. Yeah, no, school would have been paid for for you for sure, hundred percent. I mean, at it was the, just very... one year. Only had to pay for one year. Hey, hey, that's true. I'll say that. That's true. Yeah, you got you got yours. Shout out to Creighton University. <laughs> um, where's our next question at? Oh, uh, Johnny Atala chimes in. Uh, Jay Wright has retired, and now Creighton's finally getting some respect from the Big East coaches. Coincidence? Because remember, we talked about this a lot last year. Like, Creighton always gets, like, you got to prove it, Creighton, you know? Besides, despite Greg McDermott constantly proving it year in, year out. Like, was Jay Wright the one? Was Jay Wright the, the ultimate hater this whole time? Yeah, I mean, it makes it increasingly difficult when you got a coach with three national championships always vouching for a first-place spot. Very difficult, but hey. I mean, glad to see that they're not that crazy to, like, actually give him his respect. And I like to think in my heart of hearts that even if the team wasn't as stacked as this year, going off his reputation, it would have still been this way. But, I mean, that's a crazy hypothetical. But still, I think. No, it's not that crazy. No coincidence there. We know better. (laughs) We know better. We know better. But I guess the rest rest of whoever has these votes don't. I will say, in terms of coincidences, the day before the pandemic ended the whole world for a little bit, uh, Jay did tell me that he voted for Kevin Willer the year you guys won the Big East title. So maybe That's there disgusting. is something to it. That's <laughs> disgusting. His uh, his Don't his excuse his excuse was that he turned in his ballot like after Seton Hall worked him over in Philly. I think was the excuse because Seton Hall beat them at Wells Fargo. And then I think that's like around the time he turned in his ballot. All right, so you guys, do, you guys, so you guys, you guys went, you guys got on a so, roll and won the league. And I think he regretted his decision after that. He seemed my problem. Then he seemed like he seemed like he regretted his choice, but he still, 
I still was like, you still voted for Willard. I was like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I thought they were going to finish it off. They beat us at, at, you know, in Philly. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to figure out something. You got to help me out because I need to like work on this criteria of voting and when you can turn your ballot in. That's a wild yeah, time. To that be was, able to that turn was, reveal- that was a revealing year to me. I re- when I, that was the year I realized you can turn it in like you can turn your ballot five in games like, early. Yeah. That's whenever you think wild to me. Whenever you know, that's <laughs> just know. not acceptable. Like I that's know. not I I don't I I can't I, no no I hate I don't know what to tell you I was surprised to find that out too because I went I, I, I get, went up there I went up there to talk to him about Mac you know and what he thought get. of the job that Mac did this year and he just openly admitted that he voted for Willard and I go what but they won the league and nah. swept they won the league and sw- went three and one against you guys he goes yeah I know I just I vote I turned my I voted for Willard like early like you know end of like early February See, these or something are just like poor that. excuses to me like these are poor it's a poor excuse you think he was Your lying job was... as a he, he had to be covered because i couldn't because that was the year like, we couldn't figure out why tyshawn didn't get player of the year either because i don't miles Powell. a lot of things yeah. probably you had to turn it in before the first yeah. big east game for play right. like come on man because like did everybody got, I'm, in, I'm, did everybody I'm vote tomorrow gill before before like before Seton Hall and Creighton even played, because you guys didn't Tomorrow play till late Gil. that year, remember? Tomorrow so, Tyshawn probably think about, didn't how, think about how that's gonna live in history. Think about how that's gonna just live in the history. I've said books. that. I've said that a lot. That bonehead, the Miles Powell, bonehead yeah. votes. Yeah, those 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 individual awards are not gonna age well. When you look at the the numbers on paper, you're like, why? <laughs> it's not gonna go well, especially when you compare it to years past. So. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, though. But yeah, I don't know. It does seem it's a little bit of a coincidence, right? Because maybe Jay was the ultimate Creighton hater this whole time because Creighton's had the most success against him one on one, right? Nah, but he was never a hater, though. Like, because even from maybe he's just a good liar, dude. You know, maybe he's like, I'm going to say this, but I'm really going to do that, you know? Valid. So. You don't know. Valid. Maybe he's maybe he's still Probably. feeling some type of way from the Rocky Bomb night. Like he, he got embarrassed. They were all over Sports Center getting bombed on. It was a Gus game. That, like that, they, that could be hurting him. There could there yeah. could be a lot of factors there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking of it. It could be okay. personal. It could be personal. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. You're on to something. You're on to something. I, I mean I, I John brought it up, so I'm just yeah, maybe. Um, let's see. Wilbur has a couple. Yeah, Wilbur had a few. Maybe, maybe, maybe just yeah. pick Wilbur's best one because uh, Wilbur Wilbur's, had a few. Wilbur's best one. What's Wilbur's best one? Love you, see. Wilbur. Should DePaul hang a banner anytime they are not selected dead last? Well, no, they were selected dead last this year, so hard to answer that no. question. No. Um, Maryland replaced Mark Turgeon with Mark Turgeon 2.0. Is Kevin Ward already on the hot seat? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he's on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, Big East coach you would least like to grab a drink with, and why is the answer Wojo? So I'm not sure if Wilbur knows this, but Wojo got fired like two years I ago. I think Wilbur might be living in like a time capsule somewhere. I'm not so? sure. Yeah. But like if – I'll, I'll take the question now. The okay, question yeah. is uh, yeah. Sean Miller. Least likely to grab a beer with, grab a drink with. Sean Miller, because I just like don't want to be an accomplice or anything. I don't know what that conversation might be like. So, um, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm actually just, I'm going to have my beer. 
by I didn't myself. Think I did not know you were going there with it. Um, and I don't want to be sweat on. Who would I choose? I feel like there's a lot of coaches that I just like wouldn't be able to relate to. <laughs> like it would be a boring time. But the one I definitely would not have a good time with is probably Danny Hurley. I just I just know those types. Like my family. Yeah, my dad, my dad, my dad was all. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm just from here. Yeah, my dad's all. My dad's family was all East Coast, and I know how like, you know, loud and right they all think they are. So it's just like I know we would fight. I just know. Yeah, no, Dan Hurley and I would have a great time. Let me have a beer with that man. I swear to God, we'd have a great time. (laughs) I could, I could have my. This I know, but Hurley and I would have just a great time. Mainly because, like, I would have a great time with one, the whole family, and then two, because I could have my critiques of him family? on the, Bobby dude, too. I, oh yeah, I could have my critiques of all of them on the court, off the court, all of it. But I'd bring them up. You know me, I'm a straight shooter. I'd bring that shit up over a beer, and they'd eat it up. They'd eat it up. They'd, they'd eat, eat it up. You. They may eat you up. No, no, they'd eat it up. Cause okay. I I just come at I come back at them with so much stuff that they wouldn't be ready for, so yeah I have I, I got good I got a good memory man don't worry okay yeah I just uh you're the only East Coast person I mesh with so and I think it's because you got some Midwest like in you now after I do experiencing I miss it. Omaha I miss so. It so much you guys are so nice everyone's so mean here i'm just so used to it <laughs> they it's are like so such mean a pro- just it, are. we're just mean by nature like we're yeah. really really mean like i just it's really a mean place like it's, it's like not even like it's not it's you know what mean. i won't even I'll, I'll even be nice about it i don't think everyone out there is mean i just think you're always ready to be mean like i think Correct. it's a, it's, a, it's an Correct. easy trigger you know what i mean it's an easy oh, yeah. It's an easy switch to flip for you. Like, yeah, you can access it pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Hundred so percent. That's kind of what. Hundred percent. Um. Uh, last question. This is from Jacob Padilla, our buddy. Choosing choosing threes to twenty one. What's the score if Jordan were to play one on one against each of the Big East Media Day attendees from Creighton? Oh shit! So Arthur Kaluma, Ryan Nemhard, and Ryan Kaufmeyer. Oh shit! Do I get to answer? <laughs> oh, you go first, cause damn. Oh. Yeah, you go first. What's the score if you play one? Is he said twos and threes, twos and threes. Yeah, oh, that might help shit. you. That, that like, might help you a little oh, bit. Um, that would definitely, that would definitely help me. What do you mean? It's the only thing that's gonna save me. I know. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Okay, what? well, um, you're not you're. You might get a couple on Kalkburner, but I'm not giving you a dub over the Big East Defensive Player of the Year. No, and he I'll can score. guard guards too. Like that's not he's he doesn't sweat that. Like he can handle dudes on the perimeter. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with twenty one to nine against Kalkburner. I think he'll hit three threes, and that's it. I disagree. Okay. See, I'll have I'll have double digits. So I'll have at least eleven. I'll probably hit a pull up against the I Big East DPOI. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, if I hit, if I'm hitting three threes in a row, he's gonna have to respect the three it's at not some point. And I'm it's like, like, stop, or not in a row. <laughs> either way, if I'm hitting three threes in that game, at some point, 
he's going to have to bite on the three, and I'm going to get a one dribble pull up or a layup, and so that's a two. So you're I'll have not, 11. You're not getting any layups against Kaufman or none. Yep. So then I'll get a one dribble no. pull up. One. One dribble. One singular. That, see, I, I was going to rock with you. That was the game I was going to say I was going to score the most points in because you know my problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. You finish. You finish. You go ahead. You're on this tangent. Gonna, you might well, as well I mean, it. this is only going to get Might as well then. finish it. I'm gonna, but I mean, I no. Um, I think you and Nemhart would be a good back and forth, actually. So I, I like, I, uh, dude, I don't know. Maybe you could. It'd be kind of good that you could beat Nemhart one on one. Like if, it, if, if we're I talking like best to the post, if I take it to the post, yeah, I think, like yeah, because he's he's lots. I think he's a lot smaller than you. I don't know about a lot smaller than you, but I just stronger. Don't know. I just don't know. I'm trying to like get. Can you lean lean closer? I to just the don't know Let me how, see how strong you still are because you were strong. I, in I just don't. How strong? You were I like just Desmond don't know. Bain, I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm still there. You're still. Speaking of, he's on my fantasy basketball team. Don't you think it would have been just so great for me if I went to college like two years later after the Jack light skin shooter became a thing? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I was because yeah, mind you, have, you, mind you, have, when we played him, when we played him at TCU in the NIT, when we played you, Desmond Bain, and I got mm-hmm. to see it up close and personal. My dumbass was like, "Oh, like I don't see it." Whatever, this dude's overrated. Like, what do you mean? Like, he's supposed to be like that? Like, what? Uh, and then I slightly realized upon arriving to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies that I was very, very wrong. Very, yeah, very underrated, like, actually. Very, yeah. uh, very underrated. Super um, underrated. And I actually missed, <laughs> yeah, super underrated. And I completely, completely missed my calling uh, of the Jack Shooters of America in that regard. So, yeah, I, I was never. Just I, I don't years, know if I ever thought about it when early. You were playing, but there's definitely like a, I can find, I can find some pictures of you, where I could make an argument that like you're his twin. You know what I mean? Because you used to be pretty yeah, jacked, especially early this, in your career. I get this. Especially early in your career, you were super. You were super jacked. Like you were like a. You were like a running back. You were built. You well, were built. When I was like, yeah, because I, I, dude, I came into college huge. I came into yeah, college before you. My before, playing weight, by the yeah. way, for those, yeah. for those who care, which is <laughs> no one. My playing weight. I came into college two oh seven, like ripped, like just working out at home, trying to prepare for mm-hmm. college basketball. What I should have done is just run. I should have yep. just ran. I shouldn't have lifted a single weight because nope. then my dumb ass came in. And my playing <laughs> weight, for any of those who care, was always between 190 and 197. The heaviest I ever was at Creighton was that the day I stepped on campus at 207. I got back up to at my senior year. I was in the best shape of my literal life. This is my Jer- body by Jeremy, like senior year. And that was like between – I would fluctuate because – I drink beer so like 198 to like 205 so like that was like where i like would stay uh-huh. but realistically it was like that was the heaviest i ever weighed in college okay. was 207 i I'll, I'll always remember that so yeah i saw the I lean think, jack uh, i think uh you're gonna have a problem with nemhard's handles um yeah that was like my thing i don't know d- if defensively you're gonna have a problem front of him it's gonna be high scoring i think you're gonna be able to score on him though like I think you're, I think especially if you get going, if you get a couple early going, like you'll be. Yeah, able to I can also him. just shoot. I can shoot over him. Yeah, so I can that's still what I mean. Like if you okay. if you get on a heater, you'll be able to like hang in there. 
So I'm going to go like, I'm still going to give the nod to the current athlete just because, you know, he's training still, you know, so um, like he's, yeah. in, he's in he's in game shape. You know what I'm saying? We talked about this earlier with Justin Moore. Um, I think yeah, I think the... Jordan could beat Justin Moore one on one right now, right now. Oh, so thanks, man. That means so much. Thanks. You're the best. Well, all right, but yeah, no. Realistically, you're not, be- you're not beating any of them. They're all like in season. They're all in like preseason camp right now. No, so you're not beating any of them. Yeah, and I'm like Arthur Kaluma's a first round projected first rounder, so that's not happening. Yeah, I, think, I would. That's, I think that's one, like that's twenty-one. The one that scares me a little bit. That's like twenty-one twelve. Talkbender is twenty-one nine. Wow, you're going to give me twelve? Yeah, you're a bucket, dude. You can score. Yeah, plus uh, Art, Kaluma, plus Art will get like I don't know. Art will get up like seven two, and then just like try to outscore you. So you'll get you'll get points. See, I think I think he would actually be the one that yeah, I might actually score. I just worry because he would be the one I just let him shoot, and then of course because it's me guarding him, he's gonna get hot and just like hit a bunch of shots in a row, and it's over. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe because my little short stubby T Rex arms, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. So yeah, I'm saying 21-9 against Kalkmaner, 21-12 against Kaluma, and I'm going like 21-19 in a shootout with Nemhart. So what are your what are your what are your answers? Yeah, I'm going 21-11 against Ryan Kalkbrenner. I'm going 21-15 Nemhard and You think he beats you by six? 21. <sighs> I just don't know how I'm going to – I, like, I'm not prepared. Is it three dribble or is it, like, no matter how many – like, if he has more than yeah, three dribbles, want, yeah, yeah, it's 15. Can put him in a locker. If it's like three that. dribbles, if it's three dribbles, if it's three dribbles, he'll get – I don't know. I don't know. If it's three dribbles, I have a better chance. Might be, like – I might 100%. lose by, like, two or three. If but it's three dribbles, if it's three dribbles, I think you can beat him. If he can, If he can take as many dribbles as he wants, yo, I can't If it's three like dribbles with Kaluma, he, like, he, he can still dunk on that you. That shit hurts. My, my hip flexors are still messed up from all the three-line closeouts. Like, I don't know how long <laughs> I could sit in a defensive stance anymore. I haven't tried yeah. it. I haven't played. Yeah. In all the men's leagues I'm in, I, I, mean, don't, I don't play defense. It's actually great. I play safety. It's terrific. Mm-hmm. It's much you better. Guarded, you haven't guarded um, him then. Okay. No, and I don't plan to. Um, He's like my defensive so, days are over. You're retired as a two-way player. That was, <laughs> I tried to get the most out of it. If if it wasn't going to work at Creighton, I have a very hard time saying it was going to work okay. anywhere else. Um, so what's what's you haven't yeah, named a score so, for Arthur yet? Yeah, so you're twenty-one eleven with Ryan, twenty-one fifteen with R two. What's Arthur beat you? What's Art beat you by? Or do you if take he's out? not shooting well, if he's not shooting well, I'll get 16. If he is shooting well, I might only get like 14, maybe 12. Okay. He just Sweet. he gonna give me the Kyrie arms. I'm gonna take one. I'm gonna make try to make a crossover. He's gonna poke that shit. It's not gonna be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, you, you, I thought you were getting all mad at me at first, but I gave you more love than you gave yourself there. I at least put you. At least put you in a shootout with one of them. But I still was getting buckets though. Like I wasn't. I'm not even concerned that they scored 21 points on me. Like if I'm getting 11, 15, and 16 on current like D1 athletes, still I'm. I'm still a bucket getter. Like you can't yeah. take that from me. Okay. Yeah. I still get buckets. That's fair. I still think you are a bucket. I mean, I haven't seen your shooting. I don't. 
I don't know what you're shooting these days. I haven't seen the stats. Ooh. Like who's tra- who's Ooh. tracking that? Ooh. Who's tracking that for you these days? No one. No one. <laughs> you said do no not one. want this. Me? I'm making I'm making it up. I'm making my own stats now. <laughs> I really count good games or games I make the step back. That's it. Okay. That's just like so I'm, I'm really just, only getting I'm, about two or three step backs now. So you definitely look slimmer than your college days. So I'm concerned about that. So, you know. I'm concerned about the physicality. Yeah, that's, that's so. I'm not. I mean, I might be less weight. I'm not slimmer though. Not slim. <laughs> I'm not like slim. the same. Like I'm not. I'm the same. I'm actually. You I'm transferred it from like transferred it from yeah, muscle not, to, to beer fat or something like beer belly. No, that must. Yeah, the muscles like gone. Like I was. I tried to max out on pushups last week, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, I used to be able to do like." Shit, hundreds dude. of these shits in that case double digits might be a tough ask this was like maybe they can spot you this is like would you would you take like, would you would you have too much pride to get spotted what points? do you have too much pride for All that right, like, now we just talking if, crazy now we just talking crazy you just told me no, you don't got them never I mean, you just told me you can't shoot, and you're not I don't strong have the anymore. Muscle, you just told me, but I didn't say. I didn't say I. You can't who said shoot? I couldn't shoot? You just who said listen, that. Who you said just, that? You who just. You just. Let her wind the tape. You just said I. I don't defend. I can't shoot. I don't have any muscle. That's what you just said to me. Well, we got it all recorded. I can't here. Shoot you know like that, right? I used to. I can't shoot. I used to. I can't shoot like I used to. I said, "Who's I'm sorry, lying I in left the shot chart?" The and you said, to. "Myself." I lie about it. Like you, you didn't sound confident. Like if I were listening, oh, yeah. if I were tracking the shots, story I'm saying, on Jordan no Fury's season here, okay. I'd be like, they're they're eleventh place that's in the biggest. Like he's not, he's I don't feel it. That's he doesn't believe he can win. That's what I would, yeah. that's some hater shit. Because I'm that's, not hating. I'm, you no, said it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nope. I'm just saying that I wasn't shooting the way the way you're used to me sh- yeah. seeing me shoot no yeah. i don't shoot like that anymore at all okay. no all right. well, but give me like let me get on the heater i'm still there like that's still i got the jr smith mentality like it's still gonna come back out of me like if i get hot okay but i'm not ray allen where it's just like always like it's just like always gonna be like that no no well i evaluated it based on the the skirball i remember from the from those days so it's just, I don't know if that skirball continues. That skirball, there was a lot of, was a lot of motivating factors and why that skirball was so deadly. That's fair. That's sure. I get to be Miles Powell today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these are going up. Um, what's a little bit? Uh, yeah. Oh, the rankings are out. AP poll: Men are nine, women are twenty-one. That's some love, right? That's some love. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's yeah, I think I, I, I'm not surprised by that either. I'm yeah, actually impressed because no, I thought Nebraska was like I thought Nebraska was going to be ranked ahead of the of the women's team, and they're not. So, I uh, respect to the voters for the media for getting that right. Well, thank God, finally, where we're supposed how about to be. that? Finally, did I not tell some you, respect on our name? Did I not tell you that Creighton South Dakota State was going to be a top twenty five matchup on night one? You sure South Dakota did. State's 23, you sure did. Twenty one. I said it. I said. That's where I'll be November 7th. Creighton can have – they can pick St. Thomas apart. I'll watch from afar. I'll pay attention from afar, but I'm going to be at Frost Arena because that place is going to be crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. I think it's the only top 25 matchup all week until – no, Tennessee plays Ohio State night, night two on the women's side, so that's, that's a good matchup. 
Um, but it's like one of like three or four in the first week that are top twenty-five matchups. So yeah, I want to be yeah. hype. I'm it's excited gonna for the. It's I'm gonna be excited nuts. for that one. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's all from us. That's all I got for tonight. What else you got on your mind? Man, go Celtics. We going back to the uh, championship. Why? Why? Uh, why you guys? Opening night because the game's on right now. I got to get to it, baby. Let's go. This had one of the, like the most tumultuous, tumultuous, tumultuous off seasons I've ever seen from a team on the come up. Go Seas, go Creighton, go Celtics. You know it. Come on, man. Nasty. I didn't say anything about the Yankees on this. Like, why'd you have to bring up the Celtics? That's gross. Gross. What? I'm sorry. You just cut out. Would you say something? <laughs> Shut the What? He's like, sorry, the cut. Celtics game on in the back. Anyway. Not be, I thought you yeah. said something about that, that shitty team from New York. Sorry, my bad. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. We do appreciate it. Um, thanks to my co-host, Jordan Scurry. Always good chopping it up with him, even though I hope the Celtics will 0 82. Um, so, yeah, that's all from us for tonight. For Jordan Scurry, I'm Matt Dean Arenas. This has been another Scurry in the Scrub. Talk to you all next time. <laughs>